Hearts open like flowers before ye. Ladies and gents, welcome to the Football Ramble. A big win for West Brom and Cristiano could be on the move. It's Thursday 19th of August. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Jim Campbell. Good to have you with us, everybody. It's a thrilling Thursday here on the Football Ramble. Jim, you're looking edgy fresh. <laughs> I feel edgy fresh. Yes. I've only just learned that, that that's a thing, uh-huh. but I'm feeling it. Andy, head on, son. Come on. It was it was silly fresh in my day. Really? Yeah, silly fresh. Ooh, silly fresh. All oh, right. Mm. There we are, yeah. you see, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we had a bit more championship last night. We which did. Is, which is always quite nice, I think. And uh, and my goodness, um, it was the first clash between two relegated sides. West Brom pumped Sheffield United 4-0 to move top of the table. Yeah. Didn't get my Fulhamy memo, did they? No, they didn't. But <laughs> what I love about this is they've gone top of the table on seven points um, because yeah. we are three games in and no one has a 100% record. No, that's because gone. such is the championship. <laughs> Three games in. That, that's what surprised me when we were having the, the Fulham chat yesterday. I mean, clearly you and Vish watch more championship than I. But still, that, that idea that Fulham are going to piss it. Mm. I, maybe, I guess people talked about Leeds a little bit like that, didn't they? Because they looked so imperious. Mm-hmm. They, was, they were so convincing. But it's a 46-game season where quite literally anything can happen. I always remember watching the championship when I lived in France and they would put their most excitable commentators on it Mm. for a reason. Mm. And it clicks perfectly. I mean, Sky do a great job with the EFL as as the quest on the highlights. But I just think if you like Harry bowed up some people and then put them on it, I think that would fit the brand a little better. Coffee and Haribo. Coffee and Haribo and Red Bull. (laughs) Surely some sort of like Bassett's would be better for the championship (laughs) not to one of their former men Uh, but I mean Andy did they watch a little bit of championship in France or is this kind of like you've got to seek it out because you're saying you're the most excitable commentators yeah it's it's, it's on in France a lot yeah you'll be surprised how much well maybe you won't be surprised listeners how much the championship is watched abroad it does very well internationally people love it I, I think a huge part of it is 46 games. Yeah, yeah. 46. But you, no, but I think my prediction was I think Fulham will get promoted and I think that they're they 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 are the favorites for me yeah. to to win it. Yeah. Um but of course there's But it seemed it seemed quite emphatic. That was that was my well, if, question. If you remember and like my, I said, you you've seen more of them than me. Well, as if you remember my actual words, I said of course it's the championship there'll be twists and turns and oohs and ahs. Mm. Um but you know, do you want to bet, bruv? <laughs> well, West... I'm, I'm putting all my money on Warnock. Well, but we'll, we'll, he, we'll get to that later. Uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be too. Put it all on Neil. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't be too quick to do that. But he's giving uh, me a signed photo. Yeah, you don't have to pay for. It. Imagine if you did. Imagine if it came out that there was a fiver exchanging yeah, hands. There's change in that bag as well. <laughs> Oh man! He's Don't the... worry, I've got an eyes at all. I tell you what, no they got change nowadays. I tell you what, when he retires from football, which I don't think he ever will, he'd be very welcome to do the old bacon round in Edinburgh. <laughs> he'd love that. Imagine Warnock selling you bacon. Could you, think of anything, could you think of anything more marvellous than that? No. But with uh, West Brom, I mean, they did hammer Sheffield United, and uh, we have to say that uh, Darnell Furlong, Furlong's thro- long throws 
are quite the as as Ishmael put it himself, the manager. It's an unbelievable weapon. Yes, you have to use it. Well, yeah. they, they nearly scored a couple of times before that went in, didn't mm. they? Yeah. But I, I I I particularly enjoyed the celebration for the the first goal. Was it Jack Robinson own goal, where um he inadvertently headed in um one of those uh, long furlong throws, and um people went up to congratulate the the, the West Brom player. Mm. Um, I think it was Clark. And um, he was like, why are you cuddling me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't score it. I clearly didn't score it. You shouldn't yeah, need yeah. a replay to see that. It's always a funny one, isn't it? When there's an own goal and they run over to the player and the player's like, no, 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 it's not me. But obviously we're yeah. happy we scored. You see, that's the difference between a defender and a striker. If you're a striker, you celebrate it anyway as if you Absolutely. scored it. Like, you want it to be real as a defender, right? You know, they, they must be such a precious thing if you don't score that many goals as a defender you you want it to be genuine what because they're pragmatic personalities perhaps perhaps right. i mean three of west brom's goals were pretty like just bundled in and obviously you know there's mm. a, there's a skill to that and they they absolutely forced sheffield united into a 4-0 defeat but it was it was a really interesting game how sheffield united actually had a lot more of the ball west oh, brom they had 65 yeah. 66 yeah. possession and yet west brom seemed utterly dominant in it yes i know it's an odd one and and i I wonder, I, I want to, to try and sort of appeal to the Sheffield United fans among us and say, and give a, a little bit of a bit of hope because the possession stats show that Jukanovic's style of football is being implemented. Just need the important bit to follow yeah. now. And obviously a 4-0 loss is, is quite damning. And you look at uh, a lot of the goals, but as you say, that's not disrespectful to West Brom. You know, you're not saying no. they only scored. Oh, they look great. They scored, and, and that's the, the the main thing. They look so. great, and the Hawthorns was absolutely pumping as completely. well. Completely, and, and, and uh, immediately look like they're going to be in the race to go up, as you would expect. Yeah, absolutely, in second place. Um, <laughs> but, but Furlong um, himself talked about having uh, his words were something like, "We've got a new identity, or we've got a new." start kind of thing which is obviously you know one does if you get relegated but mm. it felt like all right we're back here we know what we're doing mm -hmm. here we go it doesn't it's not a, a tail between the legs on mm, we've got to battle our way they look up for the fight and that is a very very good win and very impressive win but with Sheffield United I just I just hope for their sakes because as I say Jukanovic at Fulham it was just glorious to watch yes he had Mitrovic up front and one um, and, and and a few others in there and they did create a few chances and you know McGoldrick was was guilty of missing a chance oh, yeah. and I know he's not a particularly prolific striker but he's got to be putting those away though I mean we were saying sure. this about him all season last year and it's one of those weird ones isn't it where you get those players that score loads of goals in the championship and they mm. start missing what seem like obvious chances easy chances in the Premier League I don't think David McGoldrick is one of those players I think he's, yeah. just, a, he's just a wayward finisher isn't he but they will get chances and I just wonder if as the season progresses Jukanovic's style begins to be implemented more we know he I think so I, I, it's I think, early days is essentially yeah, what I, I'm I, saying also, also it's super difficult to come out of a season where you've been beaten all the time yeah and, and like win from the off it's it really was, difficult I mean it's particularly galling for Sheffield United they had such a good season under Chris Wilder when they came up mm. then obviously you have Covid shutting everything down they've had this horrible season with no fans in mm. it must it must feel like waking up from a bad dream for, for mm. a lot of Sheffield United fans like suddenly mm -hmm. you know the difference between how things were left at the, the, the beginning of the pandemic to now is the starkest probably of any club really mm -hmm. So it's going to take a while for them to reaffirm their identity. But yeah. you're right, Marcus. The right manager is so important. And you, you feel that West Brom have got Valerian Ismail at just the right time. Yeah. Because he did such a good job at, at Barnsley. And he was he was unlucky not to arrive there as an Austrian champion. So. Mm. Well, um, according to uh, Alex Moat of uh, West Brom, Ishmael is a big, scary lad. Yeah. You can, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we... we 
that doesn't need to be reported to me. Do you know what I mean? I can draw that conclusion myself. <laughs> He'd previously call it. He didn't say it last night about the manager. You wouldn't call a big, scary manager lad, No, <laughs> no. <laughs> what are you doing, you fool? From um, a distance. From a distance, Andy. Uh, Borough uh, and QPR uh, played an entertaining game. QPR came out 3-2 winners against uh, Warnock's Middlesbrough. In the northeast. this was played. Of course, QPR down to 10 men uh, as well. Neil Warnock was was extremely angry with the officials, it's fair to say, at full time after uh, Middlesbrough had two. I'd love to see a Neil Warnock mood heat map over, <laughs> over a season. <laughs> I don't know how you collect the data on that. Yeah. What about um, expected anger? <laughs> X fume. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. They had two offside decisions against him, and then he claimed that Charlie Austin headbutted one of his players. He's very adamant about that. Yeah. But I suppose you would be if you genuinely believe it to, to be to be true. But it was it was a crazy second half. Uh, Middlesbrough conceded an own goal um, three minutes in, one old, and then QPR were down to ten men, took a lead, three two. It was incredible. And Warnock, to his credit, said, "Yeah, we'll have plenty of excitement this year. Can't fault that. It was a cracking game." And I do like the fact that. Even they lose, and he is a bit angry. He still appreciates the wider picture. Yeah. He still appreciates a good old game of football because it's about entertainment, ultimately, Andy. But isn't it going back to what we were saying before in that so much is happening in the Championship or League One or League Two all the time? You don't have time to dwell on a result that doesn't no. go for you. You, yeah. you. you have to ditch it because there's another yeah. game like 15 minutes later. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, I think that's a very fair point. Um, <laughs> 15 minutes later indeed right come on lads let's let's go um, uh, Joe Willock's brother Chris set up QPR's second goal and then scored the winner former former Benfica player yeah. Chris Willock is that right yeah that uh, is right uh, what, uh, what, what, the first team or was he no he, he never got into the first team he played, he played for the Bees for yeah. quite a while he left He left Arsenal mm. um, a lot was expected of him and he, he never quite made the Made the first team. Blimey how about but that it, it, that was that was a very family brand break from Midfield into mm. the penalty box to score, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, are, are they taking over the northeast? Yeah. Looks like get, we need to get a Willock in the Sunderland at some point. Although what they've done to deserve that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Derby County. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, you know, unfortunate clubs, uh, they uh, they got a win and a clean sheet away at Hull. My goodness. What I love about this is it feels like a real sort of like a blow has been struck for Derby. Yeah. It's like yes, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. and. Like we're three games in, and it feels like you know they've 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 climbed up a mountain or something, and it's mm. it's going to be such a struggle. But I'm, I'm impressed with the way that Wayne Rooney has kind of just made his home in the trenches here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's woken up as of Derby, and uh, and uh, you know they've got to they've got to win finally after going on such a long winless run of eight or nine games, something like that, and. You're right, Jim. When you go on a winless run like that, you're away from home to, you know, not a bad side, clean sheet and all. And it was it was a lovely little squirmy winner. Yeah. That's what you it need. Was. That's what you need. But they had chances in the game, though. You know, it's not like they... Oh, sure. Yeah, know. Sorry, yeah. I, do, I, do, I sort of underplaying this. But a win's a win's a win, as Brian Clough said, and it's a, and a vital one, and it'll give them such a, a huge boost. They finished with a centre-back trio of Curtis Davis, Phil Jagielka and Richard Stearman. I believe that children are our future. Yeah. <laughs> combined age of 108. And I know <laughs> the combined age can be a bit... But I sometimes it. I love it's it. It's it. It makes it sound like all three of those players feel like they're 108 yeah, know, years old yeah, when yeah. they're playing together. <laughs> like a sort of terrible version of the big Power Rangers. <laughs> you see, if you're a mischievous 
newspaper editor or copywriter, you would say their central defense had a combined age of 108 without actually mentioning there were three of them. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. 108 year old defenders. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, gentlemen, uh, north of the border, Celtic got a very, very good win um, in their uh, Europa League. Uh, game against uh, AZ Alkmaar, a, a, a decent opponent as well. Because sometimes these pre- sort of preliminary rounds, you sort of think, well, hang on, they're playing a, a side from where? And, you know, I've never Admiral heard of Alkmaar. <laughs> good <laughs> trap. <laughs> it could be Jim. <laughs> I never thought that about AZ <laughs> Alkmaar. Um, it could be. Yeah, if they go like 2 nil down Celtic in the next game, then it could be this could be a trap indeed as you it say. could be uh, but but it's a good win though Andy because AZ are, are not a bad side it's a good time to catch them because they've lost a lot of players this summer they lost their starting um, goalkeeper Bizo. he went to um, uh, Brest and then you uh, they've had a few go to France actually mm-hmm. uh, Calvin Stang's gone to Nice uh, Myron Boadu's um, a, a Monaco as well which is their the two players at the top that made it happen for them but but you're right they've they've had a series of of good seasons but Kogo Furiyashi has just made it's just such an enormous impact mm. instantly mm. that the penalty box sniffer yeah i, I feel yeah. i feel i feel all super wistful about it as well especially in the week that we lost Gert Müller he's cut from a similar cloth isn't he no yeah. one's arguing that he's of that level mm-hmm. but um you know, well, I, don't, I don't think it does, really is. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, there's there's definitely there's definitely some kinship there. Sure, I mean it was a, the goal was brilliant as well in terms of sniffing one out. That was like that was like a pig on a truffle. Like it was properly like <laughs> heavy duty quality of a sniff. <laughs> Where's Yogi Love when you need him? Just, <laughs> all this, sniff one out and so my goodness. Obviously, he scored a hat trick against Dundee in, in his first league game. But yeah, he's, he's taken it to a duck to water. Uh, like a duck to water, and and you know, with all the chat about Eduard and so on, I mean, if he was to move on, you would, they would obviously hope to keep him. My goodness, you know, like I say, when you get a guy who hits the ground running like that, you've um, you got to uh, you got to enjoy that. Um, speaking of which, what about the Celtic goalkeeper, one Joe Hart? Yeah, a clean sheet in the Europa League once again. He's Jim. Come on, yeah, made a made a couple made, of big saves. Made as well. a couple of big saves. Nice to see him in front of a packed stadium of that size and magnitude, Andy. Well, probably after last season, he you know went out there for transfer talks, and he's like, "If you can guarantee me Europa League football, yeah, I'm in." Well, it's European football, isn't it? Not? Well, it's a yeah, step up, absolutely. Isn't it? In terms of Europe, it's a step up. I mean, it's better than sitting on the bench for a side. Yeah, a player, a player like Joe Hart at his age, you know, who's who's achieved what he's achieved, like. Yes, some players, when they go into their twilight years, it's it's great to sort of take that second mm-hmm. slash third keeper at a big club job and like the you know the mm-hmm. the perfect lovely old job as you always describe it. Mark. He's done yeah, that for, for long enough. Rob, he it? has done it. Rob for long Green won the Europa League. Now. Yeah, Got a exactly. Europa League winners' medal. But Joe Hart wants to play. We know what type of character he is, and I think this is a really good fit for him. I hope he does well there. And so far, he is doing well there, so it's good. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in Europe, did you see that young boys in France Varosh pulled out a cracker at the uh, Wankdorf <laughs> Stadium, Andy? Did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. David Wagner's young boys. <laughs> oh, I look forward to you updating us on the rest of Ferenc Farris's season, Marcus. Yeah, well, they lost 3 2. It was fortunate they, they were 3 1 down. It was a very entertaining game. What a goal it was, that second yeah. one. Yeah, Vincent Sierra. Brilliant Described goal. Described as a thunderbolt by some. Yeah, it was it was the perfectly caught volley uh-huh. into the top corner. But young boys played most of that game with ten men, mm. so um, yeah, well played them. All to play for in Budapest in the next game. Exactly. Um, anyway, speaking of Hearts, uh, it's been confirmed that Hearts will become fan owned at the end of this month when the foundation of Hearts fan group 
takes control of Anne Budge's shares. Um, Budge invested uh, to get the club out of uh, administration in 2014 with the fans group pledging to buy her out over time. And they will become the largest fan-owned club in Britain. Once again, blazing a trail, Andy. Mm. What do you think of that? Well, largest fan-owned club in, not only fan-owned club in Sorry, Britain. largest, I said. Did yeah, I say yeah, only? Yeah, no, no, you, did, you didn't. But in terms, oh. of, in terms of blazing a trail, having been to AFC Wimbledon at the weekend, uh-huh. um, I, I, I think it's great. It's, it's something that I'd like to see more of. I think it's really important mm. that hearts make a success of this because people will always say, and even though, say, Wimbledon have come so far, Mm -hmm. people always say there's a ceiling to fan ownership. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if fans were to gradually prove otherwise. Because uh, clearly already fans have have proved that with um, a wide range of skills and, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's got something to offer, that it's it's, it's not some magic potion. Mm -hmm. You, You can find a way between you when you've got the best interests of the the club at heart and lots of lots of different people to um to call on so look i I really hope it 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 goes well for them and that it's a success story that people all over the world hear about yeah jim you're not a capitalist swine um uh, you you must be pleased with this hearts fan own thing yeah i think it's a very very nice story especially given the you know the circumstances of it Mm -hmm. um you know if to, to for them to have been lifted out of administration in this way and then actually have some involvement and ownership because that's that's often you know the price it comes at isn't it is, is, is your club is saved but mm-hmm. it's you know it becomes essentially a play thing for someone else hearts have had uh, a, a, a sort of a relatively big takeover with with vladimir romanov of course uh, lithuanian i think businessman who came over a bit of money in the club uh, and so on and i know that's a much smaller scale of course than in the premier league but it does show you, you can go from one model to the other you know, and and again, smaller, more relative, than, uh, but it can be done. Mm. Work can for Sven done. as well. It, everything works for Sven. <laughs> um, you know, apart from well, anyway. Uh, right, quick break. Chubby, can you pass it one touch? Then why don't you do it? Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's time for emails. Yep. Show at footballramble.com indeed. Charlie has been in touch and he says, listening to Tuesday's episode and the chat about Thomas Tuchel being somewhat intense, I was out on my bike yesterday evening and a few miles from home I nipped through one of those mega expensive gated estates near Cobham and saw a man in a blue tracksuit in some Nike high tops pedalling along with his dog alongside. And yep, you guessed it, it was the man Tuchel himself. I said hi, asked for a picture and just as I was about to pedal off, he started asking about my bike, had a quick chat about golf and seemed like he didn't have a care in the world. A genuinely lovely bloke. He might have spent all day being a turbo twat, but thought I'd offer this defence of him based on that brief encounter. That's, That's lovely to hear, isn't it? I can't get enough of it. 
Probably it's how he he's draws you in. His dog, though. It's how he draws you in. Go on, Andy. What happens when you get drawn in too much? Because I'm on, I'm in danger of that. I don't know. I'm waiting forward to. I'm looking forward to Charlie's follow-up. Well, according to AZ, oh, no, Admiral Alcar, Alkmaar, it, it could be a trap. <laughs> it could be a trap. Yeah. Once again, my goodness. I, I, but you said that, didn't you, Jim? That he <laughs> comes across as a man who always needs to be somewhere else. Yeah. But clearly, apparently not. Well, so what? What a swift rebuttal we've had to that. Maybe this is the place where he where he wants to be. Is just chatting to members of the public about yeah. stuff he enjoys. Maybe his dog rules the household. Could be. I mean, he never takes his dog to the game, does he? So that's a fair point. Or maybe he's just sort of thinking, "Yeah, fine. Look, fine. We've won the Champions League. Hurry up! I want to get back out on my bike." Love it if managers did that. <laughs> just had a dog in the dugout as well. Imagine Roy King with Triggs back in the Sunderland days. <laughs> would have been great. It would have been great. Warnock would have a big legion of them. Yeah. Attack! It's how you train the dog, isn't it? Like the ball flying around. No, yeah. stay, he, stay. He would have them crowd around the referee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, We've got one here from Riley. Uh, The water park story reminded me of a case from the 1930s that I studied in property law. The water park story was um, the one from Italy, in case anybody didn't see it, or or you've you've forgotten about that. The water park slide is right next to the ground, and you can sort of see the game going on. Yeah, Mm. so they've they've barred the water park from opening, essentially, was how the story was reported, and we were wondering if they have the authority yes Jackie Weaver was unavailable to help <laughs> anyway, anyway Riley continues in this case a race course was surrounded by a high fence mm. a radio broadcasting station was constructed next to the race course and part of this was a five meter tall tower from which you could see the races with binoculars the radio broadcaster facilitated off track betting and relayed information about the races the race course owner took the case to court claiming this resulted in losses from the on track regulated betting it went all the way to the High Court, who found against the race course owner. Amongst other things, the High Court determined that there was no property in a spectacle, so the race park could not claim any property rights for putting on the race. There was no breach of copyright laws, no proof of nuisance caused by the station, and no breach of privacy laws. The state laws were later amended to prevent this sort of conduct. I'm unaware of the legislation in Italy where the water slide is situated. However, I'm still willing to fight for aqua splash. <laughs> Don't bend to the will of this tyrannical club. Contact me. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you're a representative of Aqua Splash in Italy, yeah. get in touch. We'll hook you up with Riley. One eight hundred Riley. That's oh, it. This is great. Andy, you're in the process of building a big tower by AFC Wimbledon Stadium, and you've called it the Tower of Ryan Barbell, I believe. <laughs> and uh, maybe you know Riley's the man who could help protect this or project. You, or you could just buy a buy a flat on the third floor upwards. Probably more expensive. Yeah, <laughs> sadly, there we are. Showfootballramble dot com to, uh, to to get in your um, uh, legal uh, ramblings. Appreciate that very much. So, uh, gentlemen, let's move on to Arsenal, who have agreed to sign Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid in a deal worth thirty five million euros. Mm. Expected to sign a four year deal. Jim Campbell. It seems like a good bit of business for it Arsenal. Does seem like a good bit of business. A lot of people have been quite down on it because I think we we saw a little bit of Odegaard, and obviously people want a new toy. And his, you know, his. His spell was was good without being spectacular, mm-hmm. but I think um, it, it, I, I make the mistake as so many of us do of, of just looking at football Twitter and just like that ruining my week. But so many people are just talking about him being a very underwhelming player. But I think they're forgetting they're forgetting the Sociedad form essentially, which is what Arsenal will be hoping mm-hmm. for from this transfer. And if you would take into you know when they loaned Odegaard before, the idea of getting him for 30, 35 million seemed impossible. Mm-hmm. And and I think it still represents a very very good deal. So I've got some little Rafa Benitez facts okay. here about his time at Sociedad. 
which I think is the the context that this transfer needs to be um, taken taken in because clearly this is what Arsenal want from him. Um, what's really great about him is his creative passing. Now he was involved in twenty four go- goals in total in 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 the Liga in that season. He played the most balls into the penalty area in the whole of La Liga with a fifty six percent success rate which seems low but only Tony Cruz had higher and he mm. played a lot fewer passes um, and he was second only to Messi for passes that go through a defence um, or find a teammate in a goal scoring position and he made 90 of those Is that Messi come- made 143 because he's an alien yeah that's true is that going to come in handy at Arsenal though uh, is but anyone going to be on the end of it? Well, it depends, isn't it? But this is the problem, though. The, a lot of Arsenal's players... <laughs> His teammates are the problem. <laughs> no, well, potentially, but actually, genuinely, the lack of a player being able to do that sort of thing has mm-hmm. been the problem. Now, obviously, Emil Smith-Rowe made a huge difference when he mm-hmm. came in because he is the sort of player that makes those sort of passes. He can't do everything. Yes. Having the pair of them in there, and especially as Smith-Rowe sometimes plays very effectively out wide as well. Um, Arsenal Sakharin. badly badly need a player who mm-hmm. can do that exactly slip in a Saka or a Pepe mm-hmm. um, they badly need a player that can link that midfield and, and, and that that forward line and they've, they've been lacking it so I'm if he can you know hit that potential I'm excited by that he didn't quite hit those heights clearly at Arsenal when he was there on, in, on that loan period but he was playing through an injury for a lot of it so. but, he did, but he did alright and a loan move I thought, team, I thought sure. he was good yeah and, and a loan move can be a funny old thing but I'm, also I'm, I yeah. think I think you've got to look at Players settling into the Premier League. There are better players than him oh, who've yeah. had worse starts to Premier League life. And some of them went on to be Arsenal legends like <laughs> Robert Perez and yeah. Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah, so, Thierry Henry. Yeah. What did he score? One in the first 11? Some, yeah. Something like that? So yeah. he is going to be that good for Arsenal. Also, we just mentioned those three. We've we got a lot of those players just waiting to explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole what. squad of them. This go, could be the to, year. Going back to what Jim was saying, <laughs> I think you can build a case Ooh. For in that last year at Real Sociedad in in 1920, up until the pandemic break, you could say he was the best player in the league who didn't play for Barcelona or Real Madrid. He was that good. Yeah, and that's Andy Brassel saying that. Yeah, Twitter. So, so up yours, Twitter. I think it's just pleasing that you remember when he was what 16 when he signed think, for Real Madrid. I think, was he 15? Was I he? think that might have been was. why it was such a big deal. I mean that he's. That he's recovered from yes, something like that, absolutely. I think shows that he's got balls of steel. I completely agree. And oh, it, yeah, he seemed a real leader on yeah. the pitch. And it, and it is a it is a sort of a, a cautionary tale for for any sort of teenagers out there who are about to be signed by Real Madrid. But it's it's true, you know. It, it, there were real fears that he would disappear and and end up being a sort of a twenty seven year old lad who finishes playing football because yeah. he's completely disillusioned with it. Agreed. All, and so on to get Agreed. a big move to a big Premier League club, and they are still a big Premier League club. They'll always be a big Premier League club. Um, in Arsenal, I think it's great. I really do. And, I, and I'm and i very much looking forward to seeing him, um, I nearly said next season, this season. And in, who you got to thank? Prem- Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, big Carlo again. Not interested in anyone under 30. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we thank you, um, Carlo. Um, uh, of course, Arsenal on the verge of signing Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, um, I mean. One's a- Bit different. Sheffield United could have done with him in goal last night. Yes, so that, that, that's the thing. I, I I thought Arsenal were being rinsed there, but then I saw a bit of that game and it changed my mind. Oh, have a bit of respect, Andy. You, you're a shocker. But it is. I mean, it's a lot of money for a goalkeeper who may not be the first choice. I mean, yeah. maybe there's a view to make him first choice, but Arteta's kind of saying, well, we want a bit of competition yeah. in, in goal. I mean, it's never a bad idea to have two decent players for every position, but do you know what I mean? Like, so, it's a I funny mean, there, one, There's yeah. one or two people on Twitter just saying, I don't understand you, Arsenal. Yeah, it was 24 million with 6 million in add-ons, isn't it? The thing with Leno is, I mean, he doesn't 
you sense he's very open to a move. One yeah. hasn't come along yet, but he's, he, I don't think he's going to sign a new contract. So Ramsdale comes in to clearly to put pressure on him. I don't know if he seems like the, the player who is going to come in and, and challenge so much. It's Obviously, he's been relegated a few times. Maybe a bit harsh to beat him with that stick. Um, the age profile goes down of the, uh, again of the team, but is mm-hmm. that so important with a goalkeeper? I'd argue maybe you know not so much on that scale. Mm. I think the theory is that Arteta wants to bring in players that he can mould and, and make his own. And I think if if your goalkeeper isn't that fussed about being there, that's something you probably want to address. And Leno's distribution isn't amazing. I, I've mm-hmm. s- seen that Ramsdale's quite well rated for that. I can't can't say that's an observation I've made myself, but that's certainly what I've seen other people say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's one I'm I'm a little confused by. But you know, you just got to see how he does. I, I mean, the, clearly, really, really wants him. Mm-hmm. I think the the concern that people have is that Arsenal are being. I, I guess what the Chicago Bulls are in the NBA at the moment, they're paying a lot to not improve that much. Mm. But um, I, I agree with you. I think the age profile is important because if you think there's a margin for improvement, then that's, you know, they're, they're in a rebuild phase. Aren't, yeah. aren't, aren't it's a bit they? of a that's... boot camp season almost. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised exactly. if we miss out on that's, Europe again. That's where, the, that's where they are. And, and the, the fact is, like people, people saying, oh, it's a lot of money. Well, yeah, it's the Premier League. And the Premier League clubs are the only ones who can't plead poverty yeah. during a pandemic. You've got to, you've got to pay to tread water, essentially. And you do. Yeah. Uh, Ray Parler said this week that uh, the best transfer Arsenal have done in the last few seasons is swapping Carlsberg for Camden Hells in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. But Ray always gives perspective. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I think that man... If he'd have played more for England, I think he'd be considered more a national treasure. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he's brilliant. He's, he's he is a national treasure. Look, yeah, uh, how do you reply to that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Can we what put that, him forward? Do you think? Do you, uh, get a blue plaque on him or something? But can there be? If you want to be a national treasure, do, can you have a cult following as well? Or do you think? Do you think the two can? Does the cult ha- following have to grow to a certain size? Yeah, maybe. Then is it a cult following anymore? Mm. That's the trouble. Let us know. Show at footballrumble.com. <laughs> how do we? How do we officially make Ray Parler a national treasure? <laughs> what are the steps? Absolutely love it. You can imagine him if he got like if he got an OBE or something. You know. Oh, cheers, Lizzie. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I heard a story that when he met up with the England squads. Um, because Ray Parr's a very funny man, yeah. basically constantly joking. And like having been in his uh, in his presence a few times, and I'm very lucky to say that he yeah. is he is delightfully and naturally hilarious. Yeah. Well, apparently, Robbie Fowler and Steve McManaman sort of filled that role in the squad, and they didn't like it. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's a rumor I heard. I can't mm. remember. It's via about ten different people, so I don't know how true it is, but. <laughs> Remember hearing it. How about that? Right, talking of rumours, Jim Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. He's ended the rumours about his return to Real Madrid with an incredibly long statement on his uh, Instagram calling the frivolous reports disrespectful to him as a man and a player. <laughs> okay, is, is the situation that bad at Real Madrid? Yeah. <laughs> Linking me to that crap. I've never seen a transfer rumour about himself before. Does they like, happen every week? <laughs> That enough. I mean, is that not disrespectful to Carlo Ancelotti, Andy? Some would say it's disrespectful to BBC Sports gossip column that he's only just discovered it at 36 years old. (laughs) He said, I'm breaking my silence now to say that I can't allow people to keep playing around with my name. I remain focused on my career and in my work, committed and prepared for all the challenges that I have to face. Everything else, 
Everything else is just talk. And, and the a, remarkable And then thing, a smiley, winky emoji. Well, that's, that's the remarkable thing. Mm. In this whole statement about it's disrespectful to talk about his future, there's no bit where he says... I'm committed to Juventus and I want to stay for yeah, the season. Well, there right? you go. And and because at the end of last season he his post on Instagram hinted that he was moving away. It was like, yeah. there you go, Juventus. My work here is done. You know, in the Champions League, my work here is done. And uh, thanks very much. And it's been great. And it's disrespectful to talk about my future. Now make me an offer. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's going it's, it's, on. It's like the posh version of Akin Fenya going, What's what's at me? <laughs> that is quite similar. Um, he, apparently, though, um, in in more positive uh, Cristiano Ronaldo related news, he's opened a hair transplant clinic. He has. The quotes from him are amazing as well. He says, Where is this clinic, Jim? Uh, it's in Spain somewhere. Okay. It's, if it's says, not in Istanbul, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, he says uh, alopecia is a very big problem in Europe and around mm. the world. We want to help people improve their self esteem and not be ashamed to come to us. Everyone likes to take care of their image, and I am a very clear example of this. <laughs> <laughs> Get on him! Get on him! It genuinely, it seems to be yeah. you know his his mo is 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 improving. It's it's all about confidence and giving people confidence in themselves, and I love that. You know, he's, he gets you know accused of essentially being the re- reincarnation of narcissists, and not you know not under not unreasonably, but there is a sense of genuine sort of like magnanimity here like it's mm. like yeah I, everyone I, it's brilliant being this confident I want everyone else to experience it and yeah. let's start with some hair yeah <laughs> where else to start yeah yeah I, sometimes <clears throat> you know it, it could be a case of him protesting a bit too much but when he says things like that you kind of go oh, I suppose it's true yeah we were talking about it earlier and Jim was saying there are quite strong Pele vibes to this you know, yeah, he says, well, if I ever I, need I, it, I'll do it. I, I, don't, I don't need it myself, but if I did, you know, like Pelé, Viagra. Yeah. I thought you meant that when Pelé kind of had his hair turned into diamonds or something, is this yeah. what this hair transplant clinic is like? Maybe that's you what go they in do. And you, yeah. you, you come out with diamond encrusted hair. Could be an if idea. If anyone's ever going to do that. Yeah, get involved. Oh, by the way, you said that Carlo Ancelotti loves um, footballers over 30. Gareth Bale seems to be starting again. It's, it's funny, actually. A few more arch uh, Spanish media observers um, were saying that um, in, in the last week that, uh, you know, after a summer of we want Holland, we want Mbappe, wait for the time at this point next week where they're going to say the real signing is Bale. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's been in two sports papers this week. Really? Right. A big, big picture of him grinning on the front. Bale is on the way back. That, yeah, a new bail. That would be very interesting. Because mm-hmm. I mean, him and Ancelotti have worked together very successfully before, though. And yeah, Bale ma- loves him. Maybe, maybe this is just you know very, very good Madrid PR. But the talk has been that his his, his demeanour in general has been a lot more committed, and he, he's doing very well around Madrid. I, I read a really interesting thing around about the way Bale likes to to train effectively, which is that he likes a very individualised training sort of regime. And he'll like a high intensity session a couple of days before a game and then very little just before the game. And apparently Mourinho didn't want to give him that, mm-hmm. but eventually came around to it. And that was when we saw Bale's form pick up. So that's really, really interesting to me yeah. that he essentially wants a different program from, from the rest of the team. I mean, I'm sure some players like to train like that as well, but you, you, just, you don't really think of, of, of training being tailored like that, do you? Does his training involve golf clubs? Possibly. Possibly it does the day before a game, but it's interesting. I mean, if but if that is the best way to get the get the most out of a player with that amount of talent, 
Yeah, I know you've got, you got to find that balance. But, but Ancelotti's good at this. That's isn't what he, he does, does it's a doesn't huge he? Challenge. He gives responsibility to the players, and he yeah. says, "You know yourself. Mm-hmm. Just it, it's a, do it, the job for me." Well, it's a big challenge, isn't it? Because everyone says everyone should be treated the same in a squad. It, all the players should. Be no, no one normal that. says that. No, but that's the perception. Yeah, and that's almost the that's almost the perception that you need to give the players. Well, it's quite the old school disciplinarian idea, isn't it? Totally. But as you as you sort of saying there, Andy, that that never happens. I mean, the ultimate example of that was Eric Cantona at Manchester United, of course, going mm. back all those years. But but it, but it can't happen like that. Certain players get motivated in certain ways. They come from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different experiences, all that kind of stuff. It's sort of a blanket approach to treat everybody the same. But you need to kind of, again, sort of give the illusion that everyone is valued the same, if you see what I mean. Which, again, <laughs> is not the case. Mm. But it is that that kind of thing. But Angelotti, I mean, was it uh, when Fabio Coentrao was there? I think um, there, there was a story in one of Luke's interviews um, on, on Ramble Meets years ago where... He, you know, he was annoyed that Gareth Bale wasn't really training that hard, and and he went to Ancelotti and said, you know, this is this is this is nonsense. What's going on here? And Ancelotti said, well, okay, but what about all your other teammates? Is he training hard? Is he training hard? Is he training? Blah, blah, blah. Well, they 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 right. Well, why don't you focus on that then? And Cohen Trail was like, oh, yeah, good point, and he walked out quite happy. See, the situation I, hasn't just, changed. I'm just reeling from the fact that Fabio Cohen Trail could take issue with someone not training hard. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it wasn't Cohen Trail, maybe it was another player, but yes. I, I, I take your point. And maybe he's going, look, he's not training very hard. Can I not train very hard? <laughs> yeah. Can I train less? <laughs> well, I think that was probably what Angelo was Stop looking at him because he is scoring goals in European finals. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> there we are. Gentlemen, Upside I- down. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'd like to finish with some um, talk about uh, football kits, specifically what Puma are doing. Um, yes, and and Manchester City unveiling their third kit last night, and and one or two other clubs, including AC Milan, I think Marseille. What the hell's going on here, Jim? It's uh, they've missed a deadline, haven't they? Clearly, because they've given loads of teams the same third kit, and they look like the title page of a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah. They've just got the name of the club mm-hmm. across the sort of the nipples, I suppose. Yeah. So this, yeah, so the the third kits of these clubs, as you say, and they are shit, awful. They really are. You think about the amount of money, that, specifically Manchester City. I know Puma have got their prerogative and they're going to literally kit out everybody in the same sort of template or whatever. Yeah, but, I mean, I, you know, big sportswear companies use templates. It's just that this is not a very good one. Th- I mean, this is, but this is really, Someone's really bad. sent the wrong draft, haven't they? <laughs> the, the, and the it's £70. Is, pounds. It, it gave me a, a childhood flashback. It's, it's sort of the sort of thing where your mum goes to the market, yes. brings it back for you, and you're like, I can't wear this to school. I remember from Dagnum Market getting T-shirts of, of Ian Wright and of Paul Merson, and I loved them. They were great. Like everyone local had like had a thing like that. It was like yeah. wearing a band T-shirt of a player. Sure, yeah. And it it looks like that. When mm. I saw the pictures of Jack Grealish wearing the Man City one, mm. I assumed it was like not not even a training top like on holiday in Valorant. Well, well, more like they're <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, flat out on the on his back, something but, to um, sleep in. <laughs> but, but more like it's just they're trying to do sort of like a kit that's not a kit that you also so trying to normalise the idea of yeah, wearing yeah. like club merchandise like that's that's a kit but not a kit. I, it didn't even enter my mind that they might actually play in it. So they can't be allowed to win the league in that. Like, the, every other club in the Premier League has got to like. Just rally around. The, the best they th- need to be relegated for that. Everyone needs to up their game <laughs> so much that, the, that Man United, Man, sorry, Man City. Apologies to Man United there for dragging them into this. Yeah. Man City can't be allowed to get a single point. You shouldn't have to tweet back to people going the badges on there. 
<laughs> you, you just have to look a bit harder. Exactly, yeah. Andy. Exactly. Right. It's not finished, is it? Right. It's not finished. Oh dear. If you're enjoying what we're doing here at the Football Ramble, remember you can get even more from us over on our Patreon as well as ad free rambles. Head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble for more info. On tomorrow's show, I'm back with Luke and Vish. How about that? Before we go into Miami, another victory. Yep. Get on it's another cup. Get on board that, that the steam trophy cabinet is bulging. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely magnificent. Well done, Fizzer. Right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to today's ramble. Thank you, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Fizzer. See you tomorrow. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.